Wednesday, December 6, 2023. My name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. For me, it's always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. I want to talk about power today. Power! Do you want power? Asking the question, do you want power? We're going to be talking about things culture. This will be one that offends people, so it's going to be a good one. We're going to be talking about women hitting the wall. We're going to talk about white people and the anti-white agenda. We will even be, by God's grace, exploring the Supreme Court, ripping apart administrative tribunals. And then lastly, we will speak to the ode of fatherhood and how Christian men should be psalm singing in order to conquer creation. It's going to be a really cool live stream. I'd like to direct your attention to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren, patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Fuel the motivation and the ministry here by switching your shopping from globalism to American Manufacturing. You can do that by signing up at patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. And there is a Zoom call with my wife and I on Friday at 7 p.m. Central. You can go to nowgotowar.com. Nowgotowar.com. Sign up and register for that, and you'll see us, and we'll answer questions. We'll show things. We'll say, hey, here's what's going on. But the best way to support me and the work that I do herein is patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Thank you very much. Do you want power? Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20 through 26. My son, keep thy father's commandment, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart, and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is a light, and reproofs and instruction are the way of life. To keep thee from uh, the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman, lust not after her beauty in thine heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids. For by means of a whorish woman a man is brought to a piece of bread, and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. You're supposed to read God's commandments and bind them to you. Deuteronomy talks about putting them on the, the frontlets of your face, putting them on your, you know, on your clothes, on the edge of your property. You're supposed to be talking about God's commands in the beginning of the day, in the end of the day, throughout the day, to your children diligently. Because if you do this, you're going to be guarding your heart. Now, I want to talk about power today. Power. What I'm going to do is I'm going to attempt to show you the ability to step out of the word, step out of the proposition and understand it. Probably the best way or at least a convenient way for me to display this is that if your worldview, your brain is going to serve your convictions of your heart. So whoever you worship and whatever you worship your brain will use ideas and collect observations in order to manufacture a worldview in order to make sense of the world, a working model, to make sense of the working model of reality, of, of things, so that it can serve the convictions of your heart. This is why you can speak something that's rationally or logic to someone who's a complete moron and they will be programmed or they don't have the ability to understand it because their convictions, what their heart worships, is not what you are trying to say. Now, of course, I am one that points to the Bible because I'm a Bible-believing Christian. I'm in Christ's church. Because I'm in the church of Christ, I'm looking at the Bible and I'm looking what God wants me to say. And I say, this is what's true because this is what God says is true. Now, that's my bias. That's my presupposition. And while I certainly don't always do it, that is how I want my worldview to be controlled. I want my brain to serve the conviction in my heart, which is for Jesus and not for Jaren. And so what I want to do is I want to play a video, but I want to demonstrate. Well, I'll just let the video talk. It does include uh, curse words. So if you don't like the F word, you know, I didn't bleep it out and I apologize. Sometimes these words make sense. 
and sometimes they're useful. In this case, this is the video. It's just one minute. Commentary follows. This is not an iPhone. This is a $3 trillion military-grade lethal weapon aimed straight at your brainstem. If you're watching this, it's because your most primal needs and impulses are being weaponized by to get you to give up all your precious minutes and hours down to the last second. This is done with an invisible asymmetry of power. Tristan is the foremost expert on this, and you should watch this whole testimony in front of Congress, but the bottom line is this. You are being fucking harvested, and no one is coming to save you. But all hope is not lost. Hear me out. We all have 24 hours in today, and we all have commitments and human needs, so the time that we're left with is the most valuable. With this, we can steer the course of our life or create new memories. But how much of yourself do you feed to the beast against your will? You could take full control of your life at any moment, but you have to fight for it. Now get the fuck off of TikTok. Now, obviously, this is um, there's a lot of truth here, but it's this notion you can take control of your life at any moment. Now, that's what I want to focus on because what this did was it showed that your iPhone, your your smartphone, the device that you spend a lot of time on, which is something I need to repent of. This is an influence in your life. And if you let these things come into your eyes and into your ears, they're battling and rattling around for the key terrain of your mind for the prize of your soul. I've said this frequently. It is a theme. But now I'm asking the question, do you want power? Which is to understand not only that dynamic, but to take steps actively in order to have victory. That's what I'm going to lay out today. What I'm going to try to do, by God's grace, is to show you different hats that people are being um, influenced by. The first one is the feminism hat. The second, was, the second one is the racism hat. Then we're going to look into the fundamental law, where we see the fundamental law is going to be destroying government. And then we're going to look at God's creation. So, so that's going to be the, the, the graduation by God's grace. The first two are going to be looking at the, some of the very powerful cultural lenses. You could either look at this as like, um, you know, uh, glasses that you wear around your eyes and how you see everything through the lens of that perspective. Or you can look at it as, well, this is a hat and now I'm putting this hat on my head because it's controlling the way that I'm thinking. But this video speaks to the um, individual asymmetry of power. Now, I want to analyze this because words are arbitrary. Everything, every word is made up, which means it's got a history, it's got an etymology, and it's got an original purpose. When we're speaking about individual asymmetry of power, one of the things that I focus on is the word symmetry. To graphically depict that, we'll look at this. So this is an example of something that is symmetrical and something that is asymmetrical. And then on the furthest to the right, you have something that is symmetrical by the y-axis and asymmetrical by the x-axis. The important thing to distinguish here is that there is an imbalance. There's, there's something that's not perfectly balanced, right? And what I really wanna do is I wanna step out of this and recognize, because if you can grasp this, if, if, I, can, if I can communicate this, it, Lord willing, will help you understand. The world is going to communicate power according to the shapes. See how there's symmetrical, that's the blue, the asymmetrical, that's the, um, that's the red, and then there's the fusion of the two, which is the right, which is the purple. Right, So you have A, which is blue, symmetrical. Everything's perfectly symmetrical. Everything's perfectly mirrored. Then you've got asymmetrical, which is like all gobbledygooked and walloped and just it all doesn't make sense. And then you've got the right side, which is the purple, which is symmetrical on the y-axis, but asymmetrical on the x-axis. When I look at this, I first recognize that someone drew it. Now you see what you notice what just happened in your brain. You were looking at symmetrical and then asymmetrical and then the fusion of the two and you're recognizing, okay, this is symmetrical, this is asymmetrical, and then here's the fusion of the two. And then whenever I said that there's someone who drew this, that's a different level. You've just backed away from the frame that you were given. This is what it means to, to think about the way that you think. See, that video was all about the individual asymmetry of power. 
its purpose was to talk about your iPhone as a $3 trillion weaponized thing in order to influence you. And there's some truth to that because I don't doubt that there's a lot of money that goes into it. I don't doubt that there's a lot of commerce by it. There's a lot of logistics and jobs create. I, I don't doubt that perspective. But look at what that video is ultimately getting at. That video is ultimately getting at the fact that you have the control, you have the choice of realizing that you don't have to be on your phone. But what does that presuppose? That presupposes that there is liberty, right? Because the presence of choice is actually a gift of God and it's part of God's order. See, just like these three variables, just like these three shapes, you've got the blue on the left, the red in the middle, and the purple on the right. Someone drew that. And by looking at something and saying, well, this is symmetrical. Well, this is you recognizing that it is pleasant to the eye for things to have symmetry. And so you will build buildings with straight lines. You will color with, you know, colors that make sense. You will create aesthetically pleasing things that are beautiful because that is what we can engage with God's creation to recognize that we can actually participate in something that's symmetrical and good and beautiful. These are good things, but don't miss the fact that creation was created for us to engage with. And likewise, this asymmetry, which is really where the criticism of that video that I played is coming from. Because the criticism of the video is looking at the fact that these big corporations and social media companies are leveraging their powers, their, their collective purchase power, their large influence in technology. They're using those powers to configure something called an iPhone that then takes your time, that then takes away your productivity, that actually turns you into a battery in some cases because you're generating ad revenue by looking at ads and you're allowing commerce to be conducted by watching stuff. Right? Or you're also just becoming a slave, whereby you are losing your time and your productivity, your ability to read old authors, you uh, glorifying God, you're making memories, you're doing something in your spare time. So it's actually making you less productive, which is ultimately a form of control. And that's where that video is coming from. Now, I want to look at this and I want to say, what do you do about this? Right? Because I'm asking the question, do you want power? Want power? Question mark. That's that was the uh, that was the thumbnail for the for the live stream, right? Want power? Want power? See, right here, it's the victory sign, right? Your arms are lifted up. The sunrise is coming, right? But what's the power here? The power is recognizing that God is there, and this is what I believe that the Proverbs are speaking to. Whenever we read Proverbs six twenty through twenty six, bind God's words to you, have them guard your mind. And here in Proverbs, when it's talking about the adulterous woman, the, the harlot, the slut, a man wants to have sex with a woman because, well, I mean, like, it's just, of, of course, of course you want to have sex with a woman, uh, especially a good looking one. Um, so the Bible is likening wisdom to following God. Right? The, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And wisdom, right? Wisdom is the sister of justice. Uh, wisdom is, is the, the sister of liberty. And so when we recognize these things that God has given, they're good. But then there are counterfeits that are a lesser form that still entice and tempt us. So my wife that I've been married to for almost 14 years, I think she is beautiful. Absolutely, I do. Amen. I got kids with her, you know what I'm saying? There are other women who are physically attractive. If other women or porn was to made, be made available or these women were trying to have sex with me, there would be a fleshly desire to want to have sex with them or to want to, you know, do, you know consummate the, 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 the relationship, masturbate, right? That's a temptation, but that's the physical carnal perspective. Think about it from a spiritual perspective. If God is who I am with, if I am part of the body of Christ, if I'm in Christ, if I love Jesus, that's a that's a marriage. That's that's me and him, right? If I cheat on him by looking at other forms, other hats, other ways of looking at things, then I'm actually committing adultery against him because I'm going after these whorish women and I'm going to be falling susceptible to their to their uh, to their traps. 
Now this gets back to the symmetry because if the symmetry is saying, well, here you can, we want the blue, right? There will be people who argue for the case of blue. We want blue. We want symmetry. We want the order. We want the things. We want this. But then there will be people who say, well, we want what's asymmetrical because there's power dynamics that we need to uphold or, or, or excuse me, there's power dynamics we need to destroy. These are your Black Lives Matter people. These are your Antifas. These are your godless commie leftists. But then there's even people, and a lot of evangelical churches will look at the people on the right, the purple, and say, well, what, what, can't, what, can't we have both? This is the Rodney King perspective. Can't we all just get along? Right? So you got law and order on the blue. You've got the red that's kind of like whatever you want to be. And then you've got the right, which is a fusion of the two. This is also a way of talking about the Hegelian dialectic. You speak about A. You clash it with its contrast, which is B. So you take symmetry, you jam it together with asymmetry, and then you get what's on the right, which is fusion. But do not miss the fact that I'm trying to point out that there is a power that created uh, the picture. Someone drew the picture. If you can understand that, now we can shift to start analyzing the ways that people are controlled today. The first way that I, the first example I want to use is that of feminism. It was announced this morning that Taylor Swift is Time Magazine's Person of the Year. This 38-year-old pop star who is a mega multimillionaire, probably a billionaire, sold out audiences all over the place. She just happens to be uh, a massive celebrity uh, dating Travis Kelsey, who's an NFL superstar. I believe that this is a information um, operation in the sense that people who are wanting to shift culture are using cultural icons, propping them up, and then imbuing them with narratives that other people will look at that as though it's an idol and want to replicate. Namely, and you know, let's let's just go straight at it. Namely, women, namely millennial women, millennial women that are the result of believing decades of godlessness, decades of deconstructing God's order, uh, unfulfilling promises, lies. Uh, and let me give you an example. There is on Twitter many people uh, who are just harpy women who are probably used to having sex with all sorts of men or people, right? Their body count is high. Body count is a colloquial phrase. Look at me mansplain. It's a body count is a phrase about how many people you've had sex with. And so these high body count people are able to do this because sex is no longer about creating children in a covenant that's monogamous as God intended it to be, Ephesians 5, uh, Genesis 2, 24. It's now about whatever you want to do, which is, it's, it's, it's peak feminism because it's the destruction of God's order. It's the destruction of family. It's the competition of the sexes. It is, uh, you know, a destruction of culture. But this is an influential tool being used to control things. And with Taylor Swift becoming Time Magazine's Person of the Year, there will now be, there is obviously, in my perspective, there is an obvious effort to put eyeballs on Taylor Swift. So you then need to understand who she is. I will just liken her to another woman on, t on uh, Twitter. This lady's name is Angela Bella Camino. She tweeted, 41, childless, stress-free, fulfilled, bold lib, zero filters. If you're single, are you interested? And this is her. This woman absolutely hates Jesus. She has no children. And now she's realizing this is what the manosphere and people in the, the masculine movements would be called hitting the wall. She recognizes that the years of her looking good and thereby the reason she got attention are fleeting. And now as her eggs are drying up and her looks are starting to fade, she recognizes that whenever she's sitting here going, uh, I'm childless, I'm stress-free, I'm fulfilled, I'm a bold liberal, that's not a heritage. That's not something that will glorify the Lord. That's not something that will actually take care of her as she's on her deathbed. That's not something where her life will impact generations to come. She will be deleted as simply as me clicking that button. 
if her genes are not passed on, if her, her traditions and the way she teaches are not impacting other people, she's not living in service of other people. She's living in service of her. There's a video I clipped the other day. I don't have it because I don't remember where I put it. But it was about dinks. Dinks are dual income, no kids. And that was, a, it's a military, that's where I first heard it was in the military. And it was supposed to convey the fact that, well, we're both in the military and we don't have kids yet. So they were dual income. And so the dual income was a big financial boost because the military paid you basic assistance for housing and basic assistance for subsistence. So if they gave you food provision and housing allowance, plus your salary, if you put two of you together, then the army, or well, I'd say the army, but the military would look at that and be like, okay, here's more money. And so a dink is to say that I'm making good money, but I don't have kids. And some people temporarily, uh, liked that because it allowed them to make a lot of money and to save a lot of money in preparation for them to have kids. But it's now like an emerging thing where millennials will look at themselves and say, we're dinks and we don't have kids. Look at us. I think this is folly. I think it's also a feminist way of thinking about things because it's no longer about shaping the world and the future generations through the womb of your wife. It's now recognizing that the wife is able to uh, be equal with the man and you're not playing by roles anymore. You're not accomplishing a purpose. You're just cohabitating, making money, which you'll get old and die and that'll be that. Um, I don't think that there's any salvation there. I don't think there's any redemption there. There's nothing, there's nothing fruitful about the relationship. It's all about consuming God's creation, um, which of course you're free to do, but what's the impact? In order to show this, I'd like to play another video just to twist the dagger again. And, and remember, what we're trying to do, what I'm trying to do, is I'm trying to show you different hats. And one of the hats right now is feminism. This idea that if you put on the feminist hat, you're supposed to be go girl powered, you're supposed to be sexually liberated, you're supposed to, you know, mm-hmm. You're supposed to, you know, get paid for the dates and have the doors open for you, but you're also supposed to be the CEO and the, the leader of the movement and the best athlete and the highest paid and all these other things. Like you're basically supposed to have everything, but with none of the competence or justification to back it up. To prove that point, here is a video that, keep in mind, this is this person recording this and then posting it. So remember what I said about the remember what I said about the 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 images, right? The the blue symmetry, the red asymmetry, and the purple fusion of the two. This video that I'm about to show you, think about the mind that one records the interaction and two chooses to publish the interaction. That right there is the power. That's the hat. That's the hat that's going on. Watch this. I'm gonna take you back home. home. I'm gonna take you back home where you can uh, get yourself some cup noodles and stuff. You wanna take me home? Yeah, I'm gonna take you home. I look like this you in your car right now, and you wanna take me home. Yeah, I'm gonna take you home. You sure about that? Oh yeah, absolutely. And you can you can get any other day, right? Just like you said, you can get any dude to come and pay for your meal and take you out and wind down you, right? You can you can get that at any so, time, right? So now we're not going on the date because you don't want to pay more than Starbucks. Oh, it's not bad. It's, the money's no option. So it's if just... money's no option, then why aren't we going on the date? <clears throat> like an actual date? Because one, you're trying to put me on blast. Like you got your phone out filming this inter interaction right now. Okay, For because what reason? I thought I was getting pranked at this point. Okay. Like okay. it feels like it's not real because I've never had a grown man take me to Starbucks for a date. What is this, grown, high school? You never had a grown man in general because, uh, you know, you acting really unappreciative. Like, you expect me to take you, you to some five-star restaurant right out the gate. You know what? I'm going to do you one better. I'm not even going to take you home. You know, what? Any any dude can come and get you and take you out, right? Okay, cool. Let me, get, let me go ahead and make sure that's the case. Um, I'm going to pull over right Are here. Are you serious? Right? Yep, You're go ahead and get out. Serious, right? Are you? Go ahead and get out. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Whatever. Go back on your profile. After them dudes to pick you up, take you out. Yeah. Ladies, this man right here is broke. He's broke. Mm -hmm. Look at it. Yeah, wear that crown, King. Uh, that is a man telling an entitled woman, yeah, we're not doing this. 
um, and recognize she's she believes she's entitled to it. She believes she looks good, debatable. She looks she has an expectation of more than Starbucks. And when she doesn't get her way, she takes out that three trillion dollar weaponized phone and starts to record it which automatically changes the nature of the conversation do you recognize how thoroughly ingrained this is into her brain and tens of millions of other women and not just women there's men that are feminists there's men that believe that this you know that guy was wrong you should take her out and you should do all that stuff but if she is if there's no gratitude if there's no respect if there's no submission if there's no recognition that he's a man and he's done work to make money to provide for this opportunity, you are actually undermining that man's labor whenever you take for granted what he's giving you. And by trashing him publicly, you're taking that man's labor and rubbing it in the muck. <laughs> She's, she should be fortunate he didn't push her out of the car. Right, but again, what I'm trying to point out is that in our culture, feminism is a hat that is used for a power dynamic. It is used to convince uh, women, mostly, but a lot of men to make them weak, in order to suggest that there's competition between the genders. This is showing that symmetry, asymmetry, the fusion of the two. There are not multiple pictures. There is people, there is only one who wrote everything. There is only one who created everything. And he's got his way. Right? What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to show that there's a buffet table of worldview that you can just, just, you can select this, you can select that, you can believe this, you can believe that. And that's what we do. That's what our society is, is largely comprised of. And one of the buffet options is. Feminism. One of the hats is feminism. I want to play for you another one. I will probably not be able to make it through, but go ahead. I was rejected by a matchmaker this week. She wouldn't be able to work with me. When we met, I told her what I was looking for and told her a lot about me. And I tried to highlight some of my core qualities including the fact that I'm very, very type A, organized, I like to be the leader, I told her the types of things that I like doing. I also told her I was looking for a man who was also a leader because I don't want to always be the leader, believe it or not. I told her I was looking for someone that was at or above the same income level as me, driven, who is ambitious, who is ready for a long-term relationship, yeah, I couldn't make it, so we'll just keep going. Uh, but recognize, first of all, uh, you know, I know women wear makeup. My wife wears makeup from time to time. Um, I, I think it's embarrassing uh, to show this publicly, unless like you're giving tutorials on how to do it. In which case, that's your job. Okay, th that that the, that's a talent. I I concede the fact that as a man, I don't recognize it. And okay, but I I see how that would be something you would want to know. But that's not what she's doing. What she's doing is showing that she's putting herself together as though it's a metaphor. That she got rejected by a matchmaker and now the subtext, and this is my interpretation, the subtext of her putting the makeup on is her taking control and presenting herself and making herself together. But she's going on and she's saying, I, I'm type A, I'm the leader, I also want a man who's a leader, he's got to be tall, he's got to make more than me, he's got to be committed for a long-term relationship. My question is, how many people do you think that this woman has had sex with? How many men have been inside? How many people have been in her life? How many people have taken advantage of her? Or she has allowed herself to be a, a whore with? Now, this is where our society won't permit me to talk like this because it's supposed to be, this is anti-feminist, this is masculine, this is, this is somehow poisonous. But recognize she is putting her, her makeup on while ranting and complaining about a matchmaker she paid a lot of money to. And the matchmaker ended up telling her that she was too egotistical, she isn't uh, ready for a long-term relationship, she is so selfish and so prideful, and she's, she's in therapy, right? She's been through all of these different relationships, and she is using her money to now go find a matchmaker, which proves that she is not in a match. She doesn't have a match. 
right? There's so many things going on here, but this is peak feminism. And she's been talking the whole time. She's been talking about this the whole time. Let me go ahead and un unmute her and see what she's saying. Woman. Essentially, I spent $350 to meet with this woman, have her tell me I am not worthy of love as I am, but the fact that I need to change in order to be worthy of love and partnership, which honestly, I think for that reason alone, she should have her matchmaking license taken away because we shouldn't be pushing on these narratives that people are not worthy as they are. And essentially telling women that they, the type of woman they are isn't worthy of love. That is a narrative that should not be given to anyone or it is dangerous commentary. And the fact that she said this to my face had some audacity. Well, we're celebrating my 38th birthday tonight and we are gonna wash all of what she said aside. I am so excited. And we're gonna believe that no matter the type of woman you are, love is out there for you. We are not gonna listen to this toxic narrative. Yeah, and um, listen, uh, <laughs> If you're 38 and you're looking for a long-term relationship, I'm not saying it can't happen, but look at the standards that she's requiring. And if she's not willing to look at herself and say, you know, I, I could change this, my attitude, she's just, she's just a, she's just mean. She's just vicious and toxic to people. Now let me put, try to put all this together. Let's get back to Taylor Swift. Because if Taylor Swift is the Time Magazine person of the year, and there are women, millions of them, who think like Taylor Swift, they will look like they will look at Taylor Swift and do as she does, speak as she does, try to be like her. Taylor Swift has no children. Taylor Swift does not have a family. She is notoriously, uh, you know, just a, a breakup queen, a drama queen. And when you recognize that about the women in the society, I could do the same thing with the men in the society. The fact that there are men that let people walk all over them, that recognize, well, well, maybe we should just give our power to women, Proverbs 31, verse 3 through 5, right? Maybe we should just not do what we're made for and, uh, you know, just be this cosmopolitan society where there is this androgynous fusion of God's order and we just kind of throw it all out. This is, feminism is one hat that people use as a power differential to lever our society. That is more on the political left. Now let's attack something on the political right. I'm an equal opportunist. Opportunist? I can't even talk. Um, one of the politically conservative ideas that I, so, so I am a political conservative. So what I'm going to say, I have a, um, a natural agreement with just based on the observations that I have and the biases that I hold, but we're going to, I'm going to identify Lord willing the same idea. And that is the fact that there is an anti-white agenda going on. There is a racial study that was published in 2021 that has been hidden, and you can see why. This comes from the American National Elections Study of March 21st, March 24th, 2021. And whenever you look at this, it says how racial groups rate each other. In the top left, it's white. And whenever you look at the mean ratings of whites and blacks, Hispanics, and Asians, white people are generally in a very narrow grouping which suggests to say that most white people on March 24th, 2021 were in the 70th percentile of how they rated people who were of other race. Now, of course, I want to go on record and say that I believe that whenever people use racism, they're actually appealing to Darwinian presuppositions. So I reject it out of hand. I want to put that asterisk in there. But when people have been trained to think according to skin color and they're asked to make conclusions according to skin color, these are the results, right? And so the 70th percentile of white people are basically looking at everybody going, yeah, we basically all look at them the same. You look at Hispanics, upper right. Hispanics prefer Hispanics 80%. Look at how they think about white people. Closer and less than 70%, closer to 60%. So there's a gap there. Now you look at black people, lower left. Black people have the highest self-preference, self preference, which is over 85%. And they've got the lowest view of white people, which is just above 
So that's a way of saying that black people love black people the most and black people don't love or don't like and don't prefer white people the least, right? Like they don't prefer white people the most. And then you've got the bottom right, the Asians, they prefer, Asians prefer Asians at 80%. And then Asians pr prefer everybody else, but white people the least at under 60% or under 70%. Now I bring this up to show that there's statistics showing that there's an anti-white bias, which there is. Now I look at this as a political conservative, as a white male Christian, uh, you know, uh, person, you know, native, and I, I look at all the things going on and all the hate that's been saying, all the 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 the, the cultural manipulation, the 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 omission of facts when it's people that don't fit the narrative and then whenever it is people who do fit the narrative it's plastered all over the walls all over the news and it's non-stop white trump supporter killed somebody and i see that and i've seen it for the last decade plus and so whenever i see these types of things there's a bias in me there's a fleshly bias in me that is observing this going yeah that's true that's absolutely true well this is another hat this racism is another hat. This, uh, this, this now emerging, pointing out of, the, of an anti-white agenda is another hat. I will admit my bias is that I support people looking at and pointing out the anti-white agenda because I believe that that is happening. But what I'm trying to get at is we need to recognize that that is a bias. That is its own hat, right? And those can be summarized in these memes. Because memes do the story, right? Here is a meme that says Asian countries, all Asian. Black countries, all black. And then you go down to white countries and it's like, you're too white. Accept diversity, you racist bigots. White areas are the problem. Racist bigot Nazis. Now I look at this as someone whenever I preached the gospel and said that if people don't believe the gospel, they're going to go to hell, including Jews. And then I got national headlines excoriating me that led to death threats of my family. Yeah. I, I like this is I see this I see this this is my lived experience and that's ultimately what's going on lived experience is the hat that is being used right now and there are just some bold political conservatives or at least people who are willing to say this which is more a uh, conservative thing to say at the moment because it's an anti-racial perspective. So the people that are using racism are using Darwinian presuppositions. And now they've used that cultural Marxism to detonate the largely white, largely Christian, largely, um, you know, it is written rule of the law, you know, nation that we've had. They've brought in immigrants. They've destroyed Christianity. They've perverted um, the uh, you know they perverted Christian doctrine. They've destroyed the family. They've elevated women to make them compete with men, which is not a thing. Um, all of these things are going on, and now you've got more memes. So now you've got the meme that says this: There's a black guy that says, "I'm proud to be black. I'm proud to be Asian. I'm proud to be Latinx. I'm proud to be white." And people are aghast. And the white person's like, "Wait, what?" And then people are like, white people hate her? And they're like, yeah, and they, they celebrate. So there's this anti-white agenda. Now I point this out because I'm, again, I'm trying to show that this is a hat. This is, this is a tool of social leverage. Now I figured I'd cut my own side because you know I, I don't wanna just be a, a guy ranting on the feminist. I want to be someone who's on record saying, while I observe and agree with the political conclusions that there is an anti-white agenda that needs to be destroyed, what I don't want to do is I don't want to give the solution to the frame, right? I don't want to say, I don't want, I don't want to be able to say there isn't someone who drew the picture, right? So if there is an anti-white agenda, and let's just call that symmetry, let's just, for sake of argument, let's just call that the blue, the response is to say, well, asymmetry. What I don't want to do is then blend them together and then just have them cohabitate. I would much rather back up and recognize that someone drew the freaking picture. That people understood that if you jam uh, anti-white crap down enough people white throat, the white people will eventually say, you know what, screw you. We're going to push back, which is what's happening. And I'm trying to identify that someone colored the picture, that someone drew the picture. I'm trying to point to that whenever we have a Christian perspective, there is a better response 
to this than just playing by the by the rules of evil. And that's where I would now like to shift gears and start speaking about how to respond. Before I do that, I'd like to direct your attention to HumbleWB.Coffee, HumbleWB.Coffee. Listen, I appreciate the support. Uh, if you appreciate the content, that's great. But this is an opportunity for a private membership association, air-roasted coffee, delicious air-roasted coffee delivered right to your door. Um, it is perfectly roasted on a cushion of air, no additives, no preservatives, no flavoring, exactly how God intended Perfectly roasted every time, unlike 99% of coffees that put them in a metal bucket, set the fire, turn it around, and serve it to you after they've loaded up with a bunch of junk. That's not what this is. This is HumbleWB.Coffee, Humble Whole Bean Coffee at HumbleWB.Coffee, uh, HumbleWB.Coffee, amen. <laughs> so what I want to do now is I want to go to this article right here. This is from the Justice or the SCOTUS blog, Justices Divide Over SEC's Ability to Impose Fines in Administrative Proceedings. And if you will permit me, let me find it here. Let me put it up on the screen and then I have to do my camera down. We'll do this. So here is this article from November 30. What I want to do is uh, he's talking about Wednesday's argument of Security and Exchange Commission. Right? We've covered this a little bit, but this has a little bit more uh, teeth to it. And my point here, again, what I'm trying to do, uh, where's the button? What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to show a different hat. Right, So we can look into the law, but understand looking into the law is itself... Um, is it's itself, not an iPhone. No, not that, not that, not that. Is itself a hat. Right, Looking into the law is itself a hat but it's looking at the fact that people have drawn the picture, right? So you have different ways of interpreting the law, which is the symmetrical, the asymmetrical, uh, and then the fusion. But what we're doing now is we're actually getting to the truth that there is a law. We're not interpreting anymore. We're getting to the fundamentals. And this is, this is a way to think. This is a hat. This is recognizing there's an order to all of this. So we're not using interpretations, we're not using case law, we're not using the historical uh, you know, ways that the government's done stuff. We're backing up and we're seeing that there is a law that governs the whole thing. I hope that makes sense. So what he's getting at in this blog post is he's talking about the SEC, the Security and Exchange Commission. But what I want to point out is I want to start reading here. As expected, some of the justices were wholly unsympathetic to the SEC. Justice Clarence Thomas, for example, has staked out a position in prior cases that the public rights doctrine, see how doctrine, see doctrine right there is a, uh, where did I go with the thing? Doctrine right there is a blue. Doctrine is like, it's, it's a made up thing. It's a made up thing, right? And then he's looking at the public uh, rights doctrine, the idea that agencies can adjudicate public rights without a jury, cannot apply to any matter depriving an individual of property, so it would be surprising if he accepted the government's argument here. Right. So the government is arguing for a shape. The government is arguing for a color. But they're not recognizing that someone drew the whole thing. They're not stepping back and recognizing that there's something that governs the whole thing. They are not actually arguing the law. They're arguing an interpretation of the law. They're arguing feminism. They're arguing the anti-white agenda. They are arguing something that is not true. They are arguing a model to understand what is observed. This is the individual power of asymmetry. Go back to the very beginning when you're looking at your iPhone. You do not have to look at your iPhone. You can do other things. The fact that you can do other things shows that you have a choice. So if the iPhone is the blue shape, you not looking at the iPhone is the red shape, but don't miss the fact that you can have a choice, which is itself what God gives you. God gives you that liberty. He gives you the the he created the the creation in order that in order for that choice to exist. That choice is a gift of God. But people will only reduce it down to looking at the phone or not looking at the phone. Here you have the government 
who is saying, do we have public rights? Do we not have public rights? Do we have blue? Do we have red? They're not taking a step back and recognizing that people created government and government has to do what the law says, which is why I point to this, right? Cannot apply to any matter depriving an individual of property, so it would be surprising if he accepted the government's argument here. The other justice clearly dissatisfied with the non-jury administrative proceeding was Neil Gorsuch. He repeatedly ridiculed the argument of Principal Deputy Solicitor General Brian Fletcher. We played the audio yesterday representing the SEC that the jury trial right is wholly inapplicable to agency proceedings whenever the public rights doctrine permits Congress to authorize agency adjudication. Again, that attorney is arguing blue. He's arguing a, uh, he, he, he is trying to put a hat on the Supreme Court. He's trying to put a hat on the law. And you can't do that. The law is the law. Stop putting the hat on the law. Stop telling me you're arguing for blue. Stop telling me, well, they, they are arguing red and you're arguing blue, but you don't recognize the fact that choice is a gift of God. The fact that law was established by people. You're not arguing the law. You're arguing a different color. You're arguing a different shape. You're arguing something that the law did not permit. Right? For Gorsuch... That amounted to the view that the Seventh Amendment would, on your account, dissipate, disappear, whatever verb you want to use. For him, accepting the result would allow Congress to overrule the pre-existing Seventh Right Amendment simply by transferring an action to an agency. This, of course, is Justice Gorsuch looking at the law, the Seventh Amendment, and what the Seventh Amendment secures, which is the fact that, hey, there's a law that governs this whole thing. You can't just make an argument for blue and not recognize that blue was created by the person who allowed you to color with blue. You can't argue against the Seventh Amendment without recognizing that the people who created uh, the government laid down the law that says you can't mess with the Seventh Amendment. Hope that makes sense. I really hope that makes sense. By the end of the argument, Gorsuch had staked out his position with no ambiguity. Because the elements of the administrative proceeding are similar to the elements of common law fraud, these elements all match up. Congress can't move the dispute to an agency without a jury. Congress is free to prescribe fraud, uh, proscribe fraud and extend the common law action any way it wants. It just can't take away a person's right to be heard before his peers. This is the law. This is taking a step back and not arguing blue or red, but saying what the truth is. And my meaning here is I'm trying to point out that we have different hats in the law. And by taking a step back and recognizing what is written, we are no longer making arguments about interpretations. We're saying what the law is and demanding people stand on it. That's what he's doing. This is how you respond to all things. So when people are saying feminism, 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 the response is not masculinity, although that's my bias and I'm about to do it real, real fast. That's not the sufficient response. The sufficient response to feminism, I argue, is God's order. It's, it's looking at what God made for men and what God made for women. I'm not getting into the man versus women argument. I'm getting into what did God say argument. That's it. Now, of course, people will try to people will try to step back from what it is that I'm doing and saying, Jaron, aren't you just presupposing your argument as what's true and saying that you have the correct interpretation? No, because even though I'm standing on my beliefs, I'm open to being corrected. Show me where I'm wrong. Show me where the Bible says that I'm wrong. Show me where the Constitution doesn't allow the Seventh Amendment uh, to, to be guaranteed. Show me it. Show What I'm doing is I'm making an authoritative claim. I'm claiming that there is someone who drew the freaking picture. I'm not arguing blue or red. I'm saying someone drew the picture. Go ask the artist what the picture means. When Ju Justice Gorsuch is talking about this uh, law, he's not arguing blue or red. He's not arguing doctrine. He's not arguing agency. He's saying the picture has been drawn. Does that make sense? 
Now, this is the last part that I'll say because this is going on with, with Elena Kagan. Now, of course, most people would say Elena Kagan, she was uh, put up there by what's-his-face, Obama. And so they would automatically go back to blue versus red. They would automatically, well, she's an Obama judge. Okay, and, and that might be an effective frame to use. That might be a good hat to wear. But look at what she's saying. She's saying... Um, you know, another group of justices found the case just as easy on the other side. See how the other side, see how other side right there is automatically pointing to a different color, right? We're, no one's talking about the, the, the artist who draw the, drew the picture. No one's speaking about the people who ordained and established the law. They're just talking about the other side, right? This is, this is that Gnostic uh, New Age presupposition that is so ensnaring the people of our day. They can't see this. The leader here was Justice Lena Kagan. For her, Atlas Roofing made this an easy case. Quote, Atlas Roofing says numerous times it could not have been clear the Seventh Amendment is no bar, which means it doesn't block. When you see bar, think wall. It's no wall to the creation of new rights or their enforcement outside the regular courts of law. Now, this begs a question. Where does creation of new rights come from? Where do rights come from? See how she's already smuggling in that you can create new rights? Excuse me. Do, does government create rights or does God create rights? You see what she's doing here? She's holding to a position, a doctrine. She's not looking at the fact that there is an artist. She's looking at the picture denying the, uh, the artist. She's looking at the, at the agencies denying that there's a law, right? But she makes, she ends up making a brilliant point that she, I don't think, understands. Um, when Michael S. McCulloch, the lawyer for Jakarsky, Jakarsky, rejected that understanding, she explained, Congress is not required by the Seventh Amendment to choke the already crowded federal courts with new types of litigation. See what she did? Congress is not required by the Seventh Amendment to choke the already federal crowded courts. See the talking point? The talking point is that, well, it's going to be crowded federal courts. Well, hold on, lady. Hold on. What did the artist draw? Did the artist draw a picture of American government whereby there should be a lot of litigation? Did the founding fathers lay down the law where people should be able to just sue the crap out of people all over the place and facilitate the suing of people, especially by the government, some stupid created agency against the people? Or do we have rights that precede the judiciary? Before you can take me into an administrative tribunal, do I have rights that were given to me by God? Yes. Okay, well then shut up. See, she's arguing color. She ain't arguing. She's not acknowledging the artist, right? But these new types of litigation to prevent it from committing new types of litigation to administrative agencies with special confidence, that's the issue. That's the result. The Seventh Amendment is no bar. She is not actually arguing against rights, which is the brilliance of the argument that she doesn't recognize she's making. She's saying specifically that Congress can do stuff. Yeah, Congress can do stuff. They absolutely can. But Congress can't punch on your rights. Congress can't step on your rights. That's the picture. The picture is not arguing for blue or red. It's the fact that the artist said, here's what the drawing says. It's not saying, well, I believe in this doctrine or I believe in that doctrine. No, it's the fact that God gave us the Bible, and so shut up. <laughs> shut up. We're going to believe what the Bible says. All right, let's end on a good note. I mean, that was a good note, but let's end on the idea that we're going to just shift into uh, unabashed hyper-masculinity because I want to downshift, and I want to point people to good things. To begin with, fathers. Here we go. Good dad. You're a damn good dad. You work countless hours just to make ends meet. You always provide to make sure your family has everything that they need. Your kids, they look up to you. They see everything that you do each and every day and they're like, man, I want to be just like that guy. And you know why? Because you're like a superhero to them. And on the days that you feel like giving up, you need to remember that everything that you do, you do for them little ones. No matter how hard it may be, or no matter how many times you just want to say, I'm done with this. You're not doing it for yourself, man. You're doing it for your kids. You're doing it for your family. You know why? Because you're a damn good dad. 
and you should never think any difference. I'm proud of you. I want you to be proud of yourself. Give yourself a pat on the back because you're doing this. You're doing this every day because you're a damn good dad. Look yourself in the mirror tomorrow and tell yourself, I'm a damn good dad. I love you, man. Amen. Amen. And this is, it's hard for me. Folks, I lost dad on, well, I should say, Christ took dad home February 1. Fathers, you are shaping the future. This is not an anti-woman, anti-mother thing. This is a pro-father issue. I believe that men are the leaders. Fathers are the center of the home. They are the ones that are the foundation of things. They are the one that goes and does battle with society, whether that's working at a job that takes their time away from their family, using their strength or their sinews or their synapses. They are the ones that are engaging. They are the ones fighting. They do it day in, day out. They require competence in the face of conflict and controversy. They are literally using the strength that God gave them to imbue and change the world in order to build something for others, for other people so that they can receive benefit and then give it to their family. They are the wall between the world and what they care for. They are a warrior daily in and out recognizing that not only the spiritual attacks on their family, not only the physical threats to their family, but the physical needs, the emotional appeals, it's to be steady as a rock is one of the most tumultuous fights you can ever endure. To be consistent, to be reliable, to be dependable, to be somebody with integrity, to, real, to, realize, to realize that in a society that is so sensational, so emotional, so flippant and tumultuous, so deceitful, one of the most powerful things you can do is to let your yes be yes and your no be no. To recognize that to serve a, a higher purpose is to sacrifice yourself without any regard. To say that I will stand into the breach. I will charge into the fray. I will, by God's grace, use the time, talents, opportunities he has given me to bless other people. But that begins with your family. That begins with generational thinking. Recognizing that the baby whose bottom you're wiping today could be the one who's taking care of you as you're dying tomorrow. To be the one recognizing that through your children, not only will they show you the blessing of the way that you father, the way that you discipline, but also they will teach you how to do it better. To recognize that the way that you pour yourself into them is not only blessing them, but it's also shaping you. And so it's the humility to recognize that you have the responsibility to love this life, to love your wife. But then also to have the humility to take stock about how you are impacting them, whether positively or negatively. And if you're hurting them, to have the strength to change. But to do this without fanfare, without celebration, without saying, hey, look at me, I changed the way that I think for the betterment of my family. No, you have to do it without any of this fanfare because that's what's expected of you. And it should be. It should be. You should be the, the foundation of your home. You should be the bedrock of, of your family. And that's a good thing. And that begins, I believe, with what you do for a living. How you use your hands, use your talents in order to impact society, impact and serve other people. For that, I would direct people to the trades. Here is just one example of men doing things to benefit their family in a very smart move, even though these people probably couldn't explain to you E equals MC squared. We are electricians. Union oh. electricians. How much do you make? We're actually both apprentices, so okay. we make a percentage of the AJ wages. They're actually up to 52 right now, but it's going up to 54 Four by hours? next year. Yes, ma'am. How long is that till you graduate? Five year school. You get paid to go to school. You get paid when you're at school. And when we graduate, we'll make $109,000 a year. What are the best and worst parts? There's got to be some cons. Sometimes the job sites are a little messed up. Okay. It's a pain. But I mean, 
It's construction. Our local is fairly big, so it's five counties in Maryland and 22 in Virginia and the District of Columbia. Sometimes yeah. it can be up to two hours of a drive. Mm. Do you get that reimbursed? No. no. How many hours a week are you working? We usually work about 40 hours a week. Some jobs can actually work up to 7, 12. But overtime? Oh yeah, it's major overtime. Any words of advice for others who might want to get into this? Based on all the knowledge I have from high school, you know, them trying to promote you to go into college, this is a much better deal. You know, you don't come out with debt, making good money. I would say start young if you are considering a trade. If Shoot, I believe that your work is your warfare. It's also your worship. And I think it's God's wisdom that he can blend all those things into one thing. Men want to fight. We need to fight. There's so much evil in this world. We need to smash it. We have to fight. We need to fight. We want to fight. And so a lot of this is to recognize, you go back to what I've been talking about, the shapes. It's not about choosing this or that. It's recognizing that there's an artist who drew the picture. There is a God who has an order. There is a God who gave you a role, who intends you to fulfill a purpose. There's a God who gave you a mission. Now, I want to show this last video. This last video is a church out at Moscow led by a man, or should say shepherded by a man named Douglas Wilson. Doug Wilson, uh, I've met him personally. Um, I follow his stuff. He is... I would just encourage men to follow him. Uh, I would encourage men to read what he says in order to find in order to find how Christ has an edge, a serrated edge, in order to realize that warfare is worship is work, to realize that the beta male, liberal, soft-spoken, morally pliant, always compromising males that you have today, these ones that can cross their legs with their knees right over, like their kneecap over their kneecap instead of their ankle over their knee, right? Like it's like they don't got nothing there, right? This idea that we're going to read the Bible and let the Bible tell us what to say. And whenever the government tells us we have to lock down, you say, thus saith the Lord. But in this video, this is at the height of the lockdown days. And Doug Wilson brought his church to a parking lot right out in front of City Hall. And they sang the Psalms. And as they were doing this in protest, which is a form of spiritual warfare, there were people who were protesters banging drums and, and making a mockery of the situation because they hate God. But still, the Moscow mood was one for war. Watch this. Men, my final encouragement is to recognize what we just did. We started off with, you're a damn good dad. You do this every day. You stay consistent. Have the integrity. Use the strength God's given you and the talent he's done. We then upgraded to the work. Your work is worship. The way that you complete your job, you're serving other people, building something. I would encourage you to go learn a trade. But if you're smart and you've got brains and you clickety-clack, amen. God bless bless uh, other people doing that. Serve your family doing Doing that and ultimately you want to participate and build a nation you want to build a community you want to build someone who in the face of evil will sing the psalms amen that's it fires me up i i absolutely love everything about that i want to end with the gospel of jesus christ because that's what we should begin with end with and be all about jesus died for our sins you and I are sinners. We deserve to go to hell. That's a punch-in-the-face presentation because it's true. Some people will use their brains and smart explanations and say, well, statistically, this or bam, you're going to go to hell. I would love these atheists, I don't mean this literally, 
would love these atheists to make their comments right in front of a moving train and whenever they get hit, they stand in front of God and they go, well, I was making a great argument. No, 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 no. I don't want you to go do stupid stuff. I don't want you to die. I want to save you from that death. If you're in a car careening over a cliff, I want someone to be able to pull you from it as it goes over the cliff. When I was in airborne school, you jump out of the plane because you trust the parachute. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he, he was buried in the ground. Three days later, he rose from the grave and he says, All authority in heaven and on earth are given to me. He claimed to be king because he is the king. Everything he taught is true because not only did he prophesy his death, prophesy his resurrection, but then he did it because God performs his word. You need to believe the gospel because you're going to go to hell. I don't want that for you. You could be the Media Matters person or the right wing watch person watching me going, man, I really hate this dude. I hate everything about him. Hey, man, that's fine. I, I am a, I, I fall short. I am a fallible human being. I make mistakes and I, I get it. I come off, you know, some, some people, very few, don't like me. But the message is true. And that if you don't believe the gospel, you will die. You will be um, punished for your sin. Believe the gospel, my friends. I appreciate you guys watching. Of course, there's a ways to help me in the links in the description below. I'd remind you to do the now go to war, and I should have put it in the description. Now go to war.com. Register for the Zoom call that is this Friday at 7 p.m. Central, where my wife and I will be explaining about the PatriotSwitch.com option, and we'll onboard and talk to you through about how you can take the money you're already shopping and switch it over to Patriot Switch. It's the it's the best way to bless me and the work that I do here at this ministry. If this has educated, illuminated, inspired, encouraged you in any regard, consider taking the money you're already shopping, you're already spending it and switching over it's a new way to think it's a different paradigm it is it's supporting american manufacturing and defanging the globalists because it's using your dollars as bullets so your prayers are nukes amen god bless you until next time i am jaron jackson i do love america don't quit go to war